Good morning, church. <laughs> Great to have each one of you here on this Resurrection Day, this Easter Sunday. And I am just thrilled to see each one of you. And beyond that, God is thrilled. Amen? Amen that you've come to worship Him. Well, if this is one of your uh, first times to be at one of our Easter services, there are two things that I want you to know. First of all, we think here at Canyon Hills, we think that Easter is the very best time to become a follower of Jesus. The very best time, if you've ever been considering becoming a Christian, Easter is the best day to become a Christian because Easter is all about the day, amen? It's all about the day that Jesus came alive and because he came alive, he can help you and me become alive and have a fresh start. So that's the first thing we believe. Second thing is that we're gonna have an opportunity the end of this service for you to give your life to Christ if you've never done that before because this is the day when he wants to become alive in any of our lives and we're going to give you a chance to do that. You see, we believe that Jesus physically, literally, actually rose up from the state of being dead, fully dead. We believe he arose. In fact, this is the way we like to say it. We believe that he really died, that he really was buried and that he really rose from the dead. And we believe that because Matthew, a tax collector and a follower of Jesus, saw him die, and then he saw him alive again after he had died, and Matthew wrote about it. We believe it because Luke, a doctor and a follower of Jesus, investigated all of those facts. He interviewed all the eyewitnesses, and then Dr. Luke wrote about it. We believe it because Mark, a follower, wrote about it. We believe it because John, a follower of Jesus, was at the crucifixion. And he had Jesus say to him, John, take care of my mother. And then John saw him die. And then John was the first person to make it to the empty tomb. And he saw the empty tomb. And then John saw Jesus alive again after he had been buried. And John wrote about it. We believe it because Peter, a fisherman and a follower of Jesus also saw him alive after Jesus had been dead and buried, and Peter wrote about it. In fact, Peter, some of you know this, some of you don't, was crucified upside down, not because of what he believed, but because of what he said he saw. And the official said, you can recant your story, but he never did. And so he said, I saw Jesus resurrected. And that's how Peter died. That's why Peter died. We believe it because James, a half-brother and follower of Jesus, was there in the home with Jesus. He saw Jesus growing up, saw Jesus doing miracles, saw Jesus claiming to be God. And then this guy, James, who knew Jesus better than anybody else, the guy who could have said more than anybody else, hey, Jesus is not the Son of God. I know he's a smooth-talking, talented guy. I, I know he's, he's really got some, some good teachings and all that, but he's just not my brother. I mean, what would your brother have to do for you to believe that he was the Son of God? <laughs> Man, maybe miracle after miracle after miracle and rise from the dead. And so James was convinced. The truth is, James saw his brother alive after he had died. And then because of what he saw, he became one of the leaders in the church. He wrote a book called James in the New Testament. And then James, along with all of these other guys who knew Jesus better than anybody else, says, yes, 
He is the son of God. Not the son of Joseph. He's the son of God. And then we believe it because Paul, an intellectual, a teacher. The Bible says he was a a scholar, a, a Hebrew above Hebrews. Had Jesus appear to him. And Paul became so convinced that Jesus died for his sins and resurrected from the dead that he proclaimed him most everywhere. And then he started churches to teach about Jesus most everywhere. And then Paul wrote more than half of the New Testament. And Paul was then tortured again and again for proclaiming Jesus as the Son of God and Savior of the world. And because he wouldn't recant what he believed and what he saw, he too was put to death for his belief in Jesus. So listen as we begin. We believe Jesus resurrected from the dead because we've got all of these eyewitnesses beyond all of the facts that have been proved in the scriptures, beyond all the archaeological digs that that point to the facts that these scriptures are true. We've got all of these eyewitnesses, real people, recorded in secular and biblical history. Real people who saw Jesus. Real people who then did extraordinary things because of what they saw as they saw him alive after he had been killed. That they were so willing to give their lives because of what they saw and knew to be true. So for those of you who already believe in the resurrection, that it really happened, I want you to know that you've got lots of good reasons to believe that Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today. Amen? Amen. Lots of good reasons. But if you're here this morning and you're really not sure that it happened, you don't believe it happened, I'm glad that you're here. Because I want you to to be pointed to the the real issue. And it's an issue I want you to, to wrestle with when you think about Jesus. When you think about Christianity or becoming a Christian. Here's the first thing. Write it down. When it comes to Jesus, many accept his teaching, but then they reject his resurrection. And you know, I can understand that. It's natural to want to do those two things, to separate those two things, to divorce his teachings from his resurrection, to separate his good teachings from his resurrection. Because, I mean, everybody likes Jesus, right? (laughs) I mean, he's a likable guy. Everybody likes Jesus. They like the fact that he fed the hungry. He stood for justice and mercy. He was full of grace. Everybody likes Jesus because he healed the sick. I mean, everybody likes the teaching about the prodigal son. The son that really messed up, blew all of his money, partied, got himself in trouble, came home a dirty, stinking mess, and the father runs out and receives his son back and forgives him. Everybody likes the teachings of Jesus like that. Everybody likes the teachings of Jesus about the adulterous woman and how he forgives her, washes her clean, forgives her, says, go and sin no more. Everybody likes the moral teachings of Jesus. Everybody likes the humble and and holy lifestyle of Jesus. Everybody likes the fact that he died to pay for our sins. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, there's so much to like about Jesus. So in our culture, here's what we try to do. We try to separate all that we like about Jesus And his resurrection from the dead. We say something like this. I like Jesus. Yes, I do. I like Jesus. How about you? (laughs) We say things like that. How about you? I like his stories. I like his teachings. So let's all live as best we can like Jesus. 
But then some say, but I don't believe that a man literally got up from his grave and began to live again. And so we say, yeah, I'll follow his teachings best I can because they're they're good, but I don't believe in his resurrection. I'm going to raise up his teachings, but I'm going to cause his body to stay down in the ground. And maybe that's where some of you are today. You don't have anything really bad to say about Jesus. But if somebody asks you, do you believe Jesus physically rose from the dead? You'd probably say, well, you know, I've heard that all of my life. But I'm really not sure. But there's a problem with that. There's a problem with saying I'm going to hang on to his teachings, but I'm not going to believe in his resurrection. The problem is this. If you hang on to the teachings of Jesus but you don't accept the resurrection of Jesus, then you're saying that all of those guys that lived with Jesus and and wrote down all the good and helpful, inspirational teachings of Jesus, all those things that we really kind of like, that they also made up a really big lie that Jesus didn't really resurrect. I mean, that he did resurrect. That they, They just lied to us. Now, maybe these guys were so afraid that the teachings of Jesus would die with him. Maybe they came up with some big lie that, yes, he did die, but then he came back to life again. So that maybe people would think that he was really something special. And and maybe he really was God, and they'd keep following his teachings. And so they made up this big, big lie to support his teachings. Now, those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who have experienced Jesus living within us, We know that the teachings of Jesus and the resurrection are true. It's not been a a lie. But maybe that's where some of you are today. Maybe your whole life you've not believed in the resurrection. You believe that they just made up a big lie. But here's the bottom line. Here's the issue I want you to really wrestle with. Write this down. When it comes to Jesus, many accept his teaching but reject his resurrection. But listen close. You should reject his teaching unless you accept his resurrection. Unless you accept his resurrection. You see, if there's no resurrection, truthfully, you might as well just abandon all things Christian. If there really was no resurrection, you should abandon all of his teachings. Teachings like you should quit praying in in Jesus' name. Because if there was not enough power in his name to cause him to rise... And go into the presence of the Father. There's enough power in his name to help you in this life. So you might as well pray in your own name. You might as well pray in your own favorite American idol's name. You might as well pray in anybody else's name. You see, if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, like all of these guys told us, you might as well throw away all your images of the cross. The cross that hangs on your wall by your door. The cross that hangs around your neck. If there's no resurrection, you might as well throw away every image of the cross. If there's no resurrection, you should throw away all the images of an empty tomb. You should abandon all things Christian. Heaven, forget it. Abandon it. You see, whether you've ever read the Bible or not, 90% of what you think about the heaven and, and other spiritual things came from all of these guys that said Jesus did rise from the dead. So if you don't believe them, if you don't believe these eyewitnesses, you should abandon everything Christian. You should reject all of his teachings unless you accept his resurrection because trying to hang on to his teachings, the Bible says, is worthless. If that's all you're going to hang on to, 
Without the resurrection, it's, it's just worthless. Now, I know that some of you have lost someone to death. Someone that you've truly loved. And when you went to the funeral, some pastor stood up and, and, and he said, Don't worry, he's with Jesus. She's with Jesus. You'll see them again. Forget all that. You're not going to see him again if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Because listen, if he couldn't rise from the dead and go into the presence of God the Father, if he didn't have enough power to do that, he can't cause you to rise and go into the presence of the Father or any of your loved ones. And all the good moral teachings of Jesus that you're following, like love your neighbor, be kind, forgive, be generous, feed the hungry, help the poor, help the widows, you're just wasting your time. In fact, if you're being good, hoping God is up there somewhere taking notes on you, He's up there taking notes and you're being good so that you'll get credit for being good. Here's a newsflash. You're being good for nothing. Yeah. Because if he couldn't rise from the dead and go to the presence of God the Father, he can't cause you to rise and go into the presence of God the Father. So you're being good for nothing. So why not? If you're not going to go to heaven, if you're not going to get anything out of being good, why not just live like the devil while you're here? Instead of trying to follow Jesus and his moral teachings, why don't you just live like the devil? If he didn't rise from the dead, you should quit wasting your time trying to be good. You should quit giving your money to God and to others in need. You should quit serving God and others in need. You should quit giving up your Sunday to come and worship God. Go to the river. Go to the beach. Go to Disney, ride your bike, do whatever you want to do. Abandon all things Christian. You're saying, man, Pastor, you're being kind of harsh. But you see, that's exactly what some of the people in a church in the city of Corinth were doing. People who believed there was a God, people who really liked the teachings of Jesus, but they were also people who would not accept the resurrection of Jesus. They were the kind of people who would say, I like Jesus, yes I do, but the resurrection, I'll leave that with you. They were the kind of people who tried to separate the teachings from the resurrection. They liked Jesus. They liked the fellowship of the body of Christ, the, the church. But they thought they knew too much about the body, too much about science to believe that a man could physically come back to life again. They just couldn't believe that a man who was fully dead could have his heart begin to pump again, could have his lungs begin to fill with air again, could have his blood begin to flow again, could have his muscles begin to flex again, could have his mind begin to think again, his eyes begin to open and see again, and then for that man to sit up and then stand up and from his tomb, step out and walk up to person after person. In fact, even hundreds and hundreds of persons. And then walk with them and talk with them and sit down and eat with them. They just couldn't believe it. And they wouldn't believe it. They couldn't believe a man would do that. And maybe that's where you are today. Because I know that's hard to believe. And in one way, these people in the Corinthian church were right. No human could do that. But Jesus, 
who is fully God and fully man, could do that. And he did. Amen? He did that. And that's why we don't have just Matthew or just Mark or just Luke or just John or just Peter or just James all agreeing on the facts of the resurrection. We've got all of them plus Paul who tells us more about the resurrected Jesus than all of them. And you know, Paul, about 22 years after Jesus rose from the dead, he writes to these people in Corinth who were struggling with the teachings and the resurrection. Those who are saying, let's be followers of the teachings, but let's not be believers in the resurrection. He wrote to them. Now, put that on hold for just a second, and let me ask you this question. How long is a decade? Somebody tell me. Ten years. All right. So two decades would be 20 years. And that's really not too far away from the resurrection to get the facts right, straight, and get them right, right? That's not too far away. I mean, let me ask you something like this. Who made the song popular? Black or white? Michael Jackson. Yeah, you knew that. Are you sure? That was over 20 years ago. Who made the popular the song, Achy Breaky Heart? Who was it? Billy Ray Cyrus, long before twerking, yeah. That, that was over 20 years ago. 20 years ago. How many of you can still sing a verse of those songs? <laughs> all right, some of you, yeah. But how important are those songs? Not at all. They're just not that important. So let me ask you this. Do you think for a minute that a man or a woman who saw a re- resurrected Jesus... 20 or 30 years later is going to be confused about what they saw. That after they saw him crucified, buried, and they saw him again alive, do you think for a minute that they're going to be confused about what they saw with their very own eyes if you can remember the lyrics to a song that happened 20 years ago? These people were not confused. I mean, if you're 50, you can remember things in your 20s, right? Well, maybe. (laughs) If you're 60, you can remember things in your 20s, 40 years ago. For me, I can remember with complete clarity those moments leading up to me proposing to Shirley. I was in Iowa at my folks' home, and we were in the, in, on the back steps of our house at night, and I was all ready to propose, and out walks mom and said, don't you think it's time for you guys to go to bed? You know? <laughs> she just interrupted the whole thing. With complete clarity, I can remember the moment that we walked down the aisle and committed our lives to each other in marriage. I can remember with complete clarity the honeymoon night, and I'll stop right there. (laughs) But that was over 40 years ago. We can remember with clarity stuff that's important. We can remember. And so just 20 years after the resurrection, Paul writes to this church, he says, you can't separate the teachings from his resurrection. And Paul says, if Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead, then your faith is worthless. It's kind of like he's saying this. Listen, Corinthians, all the good teachings that you want to hang on to, listen, I wrote those. We wouldn't, you wouldn't even know about them if it weren't for me and all the other guys who came before me. But listen, we were there. We know what we saw. And so, If you're just trying to hang on to his teachings but let go of the fact that he resurrected, you're just kidding yourselves. Look at what Paul says to them then. And he says, more than that, because we've told you that he rose from the grave, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. Because we, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, James, me, all these guys, we've testified that God 
had raised Christ from the dead. So Paul's saying, we've told you all that he was raised from the dead. So if he didn't, then we're false witnesses. We've lied. But then Paul says this, look at this. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. In other words, if Jesus who died to pay for your sins, if he couldn't overcome death, if he couldn't overcome the penalty for sins, which is physical and spiritual death, then you are not forgiven of your sins. Your penalty has not been paid. You're still going to have to face God and pay the penalty for all your sins. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you do not have a Savior. Your faith is worthless. But wait a minute, Pastor. I mean, God is a God of love. He knows I try to be good. God is love. Who wrote that? Oh, John. One of the guys, the first guy who went to the empty tomb. And so you believe, you believe John, that he's a God of love? Or God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's what I believe, pastor. But who wrote that? John, the first guy to see the empty tomb. One of the guys who also said he rose again from the dead. So don't say that God is love if you're not willing to take the whole package that these guys are talking about, the teachings and the resurrection. You gotta take the whole package. So that's why Paul is saying, if there's no resurrection, just wipe all things Christian off the table because they're worthless. Don't raise up his morals and his ethics, but then leave his body in the ground. And then Paul goes on and says, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. I mean, if you grew up going to church, you probably heard the word lost before. It, it meant that somebody was going to hell. They're lost. But that's really not what lost means. Nobody's ever lost their phone cell, their cell phone. They said, my, my cell phone's lost. It's in hell. <laughs> Nobody's ever lost their car keys, and they just assumed that their car keys were in hell. You don't think that because lost doesn't mean hell. It just means you don't know where they are. So let me tell you what he's saying, and, and this is really huge. Because some of you have lost children, some have lost brothers and sisters, some parents, some have lost grandparents. And Paul is saying, I'm not trying to be insensitive. But I just want you to know, if there's no resurrection, then those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, even those who have even followed the teachings of Jesus and then fallen asleep while following Jesus, I want you to, I want you to know, if he didn't rise from the dead... You will not see them again. If there's no resurrection, they're lost. Do you know what that means? That means that they did not resurrect. And like Jesus, go into the presence of God the Father in heaven where all followers of Jesus will one day be gathered. No, if there is no resurrection, if Jesus was not resurrected, then he can't resurrect you, he can't resurrect me, he can't resurrect any of your loved ones. So we're all lost. So Paul is saying, and maybe you want to write this down somewhere, you can't have a heaven if there's no resurrection. You just can't have a heaven unless you believe in a resurrection. Then Paul says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be pitied. In other words, if the only thing you get out of following Jesus is the good you get from him in this life because you follow good moral teachings, you should be pitied. Because if you're not going to be resurrected into heaven to live with Jesus and all of his followers for eternity, pity you, says Paul. 
Because you're going to miss out on a lot of fun here in life. I mean, if you just follow the teachings of Jesus here in this life, it's kind of like you're sitting on the sidelines of the dance on earth. (laughs) And that means you're missing out on a lot of fun here on earth. If there's nothing beyond this life, if you're just going to go on the ground and die and there's no resurrection, you're going to miss out on the dance. All the fun. So just think of what you could have done with the money that you gave to feed the poor and build the church and, and, and feed the hungry and all that. Just think what you could have done at all the wild parties that you missed because you were choosing to follow the teachings of Jesus. Just think what you could have done with that girl that was so hot. You should be pitied because you missed it all if there's no resurrection. Pastor, you're being harsh. But folks, without the resurrection, it's all doom and gloom. And that's exactly what Paul is saying to these Corinthian people. Paul says, if the dead are not raised, you might as well eat and drink because tomorrow we're just going to die. We're just going to go on the ground, nothing else, no heaven. But then Paul says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And all of God's followers said, Amen. He's indeed been raised for the dead. So listen, here's some good news coming your way. You don't have to live with the separation between the teachings of Jesus and the resurrection. The truth is, you can plant your faith on the foundation of the resurrection. You can put your trust in the reality of the resurrection. The reason that you can believe in Jesus, the reason you can follow Jesus, the reason you can serve Jesus, the reason you can have hope in Jesus is because his teachings just didn't rise from the grave. His spirit didn't just rise from the grave, but his body rose from the grave. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so Paul says this, and Corinthians, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance That Christ died for our sins. Yes, he died according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That's how we know he died because he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day. And how do we know that he was raised? According to the scriptures. The scriptures tell us he appeared to Peter. Then to the 12 disciples. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living even though they've fallen asleep. So Paul's writing to these people in Corinth and he's saying, I know the resurrection is hard to accept. I know that you've never seen anybody come back from the dead, but Jesus did. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Peter, James, Paul, and myself, 500 people, we saw him. And then Paul says, and if you still don't believe me, get on a bus. Go to Jerusalem. And go ask some of those people who saw him because hundreds are still living. If you don't believe me, come to Jerusalem and talk to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds who are still living and ask them if they saw Jesus alive three days after he had died. Because they will look you in the eye and they will say, Christ is risen indeed. Amen? And so he challenged those. Those people who said, no, Jesus didn't rise. He challenged, come. It's not just me. It's not just the guys who walk close to Jesus. (laughs) Come ask. And do you know what that means? If you are a follower of Jesus, it means your hope of forgiveness is not in vain. Your hope of heaven and seeing your loved ones again is not in vain. Your efforts to live a Christ-like life is not in vain. 
Your efforts to point other people to Jesus are not in vain. Your generosity to God's work is not in vain. Your worship of God is not in vain. Your prayers are not in vain because Jesus rose from his grave and he's in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father and he's there preparing a place for you and me to live with him forever. Amen? That's something that only Jesus, only God, fully God and fully man could do. So if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, the one thing that I want you to wrestle with is this. Did Jesus rise from the grave? You check it out. You study it. And I believe you'll find and you'll be convinced that he's the resurrected Lord and Savior of the world. But if he didn't, game over on Christianity. But if he did, it changes everything for you. It means you can talk to Jesus every day because he is alive. Amen? Amen. I talked to him this morning and he talked back. <laughs> he said, you know, we know, we, we say this all the time. This is the day the Lord has made. Jesus said to me, this is the day I have made. Rejoice and be glad in it. You can talk to him because he is alive. There's more to life than this. There's life in heaven after death. It means the stories you've heard about how Jesus helps people, how Jesus heals people. They're real. It means the resurrected Jesus is hearing your prayers. It means the sins that you've committed can be forgiven. It means the number of your sins are not too many for his grace to forgive. It changes everything for you and me. So as you consider becoming a Christian, you need to know... That its foundation is an event that's recorded in history. It's the resurrection. It's the foundation of Christianity. So folks, when it comes to Jesus, many accept his teaching, but they reject this resurrection. But you should reject all of his teachings unless you're willing to accept his resurrection. And if some of you hear this, you're encouraged because you already believe in the resurrection. But some of you are challenged as you hear this message because you've never believed in an actual, literal, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, you're facing this, this huge decision to believe or to not believe. And I just want you to know, I believe. That's why I do what I do. Well, I've spent my whole life trying to point people to Jesus. And not just because of all the eyewitnesses, not just because of all the facts that I've studied and found to be true, but I believe in the resurrection of Jesus because he rose up and he lives in me. And he can live in anybody's heart. There's not one person who's been too bad that God won't forgive, amen? And he's ready and he's willing to enter any life at any moment. I believe in the resurrection. So today I want to give you an opportunity to decide to believe in Jesus as your personal Savior and resurrected Lord. I want to give you a chance to invite Him to forgive your sins and for you to trust in Him to come into your life. And the way to do that is by simply praying a very simple prayer. See, God never made it hard for us to come to him. He never wanted it to be hard. So if we just humble our heart, our spirit, and say a simple prayer that we mean, then Jesus will come into your life. He'll forgive your sins, and he'll make you a part of his family that's going to live with him forever and ever in heaven. He will raise you up from your grave, 
and you'll see him face to face. Amen? So would you bow your heads with me this morning? And would you pray this prayer with me? As I pray it, would you just repeat it in your heart silently? Father, I believe Jesus is alive and is the Savior of the world. I believe he died on a cross to pay for my sin. So, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my life. Receive me into your family. I choose today to believe in my heart and to confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Would you just kind of whisper that out? Just confess with your mouth, just quietly, you are Lord. I put my faith and trust in you to save me and to resurrect me into heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but would you just say, Pastor, I want to confess that I prayed that prayer. I mean it in all my heart. I've asked Jesus to come into my life. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I confess. Amen. Awesome. Wonderful. You know, if you if you did that, we just want to ask you on the back of your response card to just simply check that box that said, I committed my life to Christ. And as you do that, we just want to send you a little booklet that just will tell you how to get started with Christ, how to follow Him and what He's doing in your life. We encourage you to do that. Father, I thank you for each person here. I just ask that you would bless them now as we get ready to leave, that you would bless them wherever they go, protect them. Let them have a great day with family and friends. And God, just put a joy deep down in their soul, knowing that you are not only alive, but you live inside of them. You are alive. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.